Coming to you from the greatest city in the world, this is the number one showbiz podcast. It's Talk for Two. Here's your host, Matt Bailey. Thank you, Gary, and thanks, as always, to our season sponsors, Axtel Expressions and the Tangent Bound Network. Find fantastic podcasts at tangentboundnetwork.com, and all your entertainment needs are at axtel.com. It's Nicktoons Day here on Talk for Two. Continuing that theme, I guess, of revisiting childhood, although a little bit older now, a little bit older, those cartoons from the early 2000s on Nickelodeon. And this is also our last installment from April's Great Philadelphia Comic Con. I know you know these folks' voices, and in this installment, those voices talk to me. Debbie Derryberry is known for her work as Jimmy Neutron, the iconic boy genius Nicktoons character whose successful movie spawned a TV show loved by kids everywhere in the first decade of this millennium. But Debbie has done so much more. She was Wednesday in the 1990s Adams Family cartoon and starred with Howie Mandel on the animated Bobby's World. Next, I talk with that bumbling evil alien himself, Zim! Did I do it right? I don't know. That's right, Richard Horvitz also made time with me at the Philadelphia Comic-Con. Some of Richard's other credits besides Zim include the titular Billy on The Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy and as Grey Matter on Ben 10. When we spoke, Richard was excited about the upcoming Invader Zim film. And it's out now, but hey guys, let me prep you for this interview. That is his actual freaking voice, okay? He talks like that. It's, it's awesome. It's cool. It's wonderful. It's freaky. It's awesome. Okay, now, i got to give you a little bit of an explanation. I had thought, and I'm, gonna, I'm not passing the buck. I'll take responsibility here. I had thought somebody told me that I was supposed to hold on to this until now. I, and I decided to align Debbie's interview here and make a Nicktoons day, but I thought I had to hold on Richard's interview until November. It was my wrong understanding, I guess, that Invader Zim, Enter the Florpus, was going to drop this month on Netflix. But then it showed up on Netflix over the summer, and I still waited till now to air this because I wanted to obey a rule that I thought I was following. So I'm sorry for holding out on you. I'm not trying to pass the book. I take responsibility. Max uh, has wanted me to air this for a long, long time. And special thanks to Max for holding the recorder and letting me uh, letting me just focus on the questions. And so he wanted me to air this. He's really excited for this to air. I said, I got to wait till November, November, November. And here we are. It's finally November. And I finally get to share these two great interviews. So I will just shut up and let my guests do the talking. After all, that is how they make their living. Now, just a quick production note. We are going to jump from Debbie right to Richard, and I'll talk to you again after both. Here now are interviews with Nickelodeon legends Debbie Derryberry and Richard Horvitz. Debbie Derryberry, how are you enjoying the Philly Comic Con here? Hi, it's Debbie Derryberry, that you just said, and yeah. I am really enjoying the Philly Comic Con. It's uh, busy, but big enough where I can still see people, and I can see over people, and I don't feel like I'm in Manhattan on a New Year's Eve. <laughs> so, what does it mean to you to connect with fans and come out and do these events and see them one-on-one? -on -one? You know, um, I've been doing cons for many, many years, like 18, 20 years, 
and uh, like before cell phones and pictures and Twitter and all this, and seeing uh, the people that I've connected with over social media, uh, it's pretty great because I get to see the people who I've kind of seen on online. And I'm really impressed that people drive so far to come and meet me and put a, you know, a face and a voice to the amorphous blob of X's and O's. <laughs> so it's very interesting. It's, um, it's nice that there's no snow. There was a little rain, wasn't expecting that. But I didn't have to wear, look, I'm not even wearing a jacket. You can't see, but I don't have a jacket on. La, la, oh, la, 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 la. You have a la. beautiful scarf. Yes. You seem to be known for your scarves. Yes. Do you knit them yourself? This particular scarf was knitted by Frank Zappa's daughter, Diva Zappa. Oh, wow. Yes, she knitted me this lovely scarf. And I do like them. That one I lost and I was heartbroken. I'm pointing at the green one oh. in the picture. So Diva, I bought this yarn and she knitted me this one to kind of mimic that one. It's amazing with all the speckles. And yes, and it's really soft. It keeps beautiful. me comforted. It's like my stuffed animal. Oh, that's beautiful. So is there a favorite project of yours that you've done? I mean, we know Jimmy Neutron and the big film and the series for many years. But of all of the massive amounts of works that you've done, is there one that kind of holds near and dear you know I love them all because they're all part of me but um, of course Jimmy Neutron is my all-time favorite Jimmy Neutron but I really loved Bobby's world with Howie Mandel doing Jackie she was his best friend with the long braids and currently I'm doing one I really love um, with um, you know Bill Burr mm -hmm. the comedian he has a show called F is for family on Netflix yes. and uh, Laura Dern is my mother and Haley Reinhardt's my brother, and I play Maureen, the daughter, Philip, the neighbor, and I play Kitty, the kid in the diaper. Mm -hmm. I play Bridget, who has a really foul mouth, and I can't say it on your interview, but <laughs> she can put a sailor to shame. And I play, well, the nurse. So I have about seven characters on that show, and I'm super proud of it. How has the technology or the, or the way the industry works changed between when Jimmy Neutron was in its prime and now with all the digital things. You just showed off a, a way to send in pro audio auditions on just your iPhone. Yeah, so as far as the um, technology, we used to go into the agent's office or the casting director's office and see our friends and now I see no one. I'm in my booth at home all day, every day, except for when I come to cons, I get to see, you know, Richard Horvitz and Charlie Adler and my buddies that I work with at home, but I don't work with them all the time. So uh, our visiting hours are over. <laughs> <laughs> so I miss that a lot. Oh my goodness. Well, I see you have a book here, VoiceOver 101. How to Succeed as a Voice Actor, I'm gonna absolutely. I'm going to get that. My mom wants to get into doing a little bit of video game work. Oh, excellent. Um, well, it's, it's a really... Um, uh, all-encompassing great book and I recommend it to anyone who is interested in starting as a voice actor because it, it uh, on the surface it may seem like a super easy chill job and it is very hard work and it takes a long time and it's a tough business. That's great. If you could end this on just a piece of advice, one little sliver of advice for somebody that may want to be in voiceovers and do a lot of things like you've done over the years. Oh, um, run the other way. <laughs> <laughs> No, I think in anything that you're passionate about, that's what you should pursue in your life. If there's nothing else that you can or want to do in voice than voiceover, then pursue it. I think you um, need to live in Los Angeles if you're going to do uh, West Coast type animation. Video games is a little more forgiving, but um, 
it's just it takes time it takes time so good luck to everybody who wants to be in voice work I do coach people I do some classes but certainly start with my book I will. thank you so much I thank really you so it. much great to see you guys Richard Horvitz, welcome to the show. How are you, sir? I'm wonderful, thank you. Well, what are you, how are you enjoying this uh, Comic-Con? I'm enjoying it. You know, I like uh, Philadelphia. It's, it's, a great, it's a great place. You have such a unique voice. Anybody ever tell you you should be a voice actor? Never. I'm sorry. Never. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. When was the first time you heard that? Obviously, you've had this unique voice, these unique characteristics. When did that idea of doing something vocally as a career um, come to your mind? I, you know... It never really dawned on me that my voice was unique until, you know, probably, you know, it's a little past adolescence. And then I was doing a lot of on-camera acting since the time I was a kid. And then um, I started playing a lot of nerd parts in the 80s. And that just seemed, well, I'm just doing a character. And then after a while on the on-camera stuff, they started to say, well, he doesn't look like he sounds. It was like for the first time in my like mid-20s or something that it became an issue. And so I had a friend that said, hey, you should pursue voiceover. And I knew nothing about voiceover, and I had an agent that had a voiceover uh, department. That's how I got into it. Did you feel like you were told you were pretty enough for radio? That uh, kind of thing? No, never that. <laughs> That's great. Well, of course, my generation, our generation, Invader Zim, if there could ever be a kid show cult classic, Zim is it. Fans to this day are coming up to you. Yeah, to this that. day, yeah, 17 years later. Yeah, we, let's see. Well, 18 years later now. Wow. Yeah. And there's a movie coming out? Yep, it's called Enter the Florpus. It's uh, a Nickelodeon movie. It's a TV movie. Um, we've seen it. It's awesome. It's like a gigantic, epic episode, so fans of the original series will love it. All the original cast and creators and everyone is are back. To the extent that you could talk about it, how did you come back to it? What made Nickelodeon, who continually is reinventing and bringing in new shows, go, of all the shows that are classic to them now, go, we need to do something in 2019 with Zim? Well, you know, they had come to Jonan over the years, the creator, um, several times. But Jonan was never interested in doing it again at the time. Um, but then, you know, people came and left from Nickelodeon, and finally someone, some people came in that really loved the show, and. They told Jonan, you know, we'll do this movie, do what, do what you want. They were very accommodating, and that was appealing to Jonan and the rest of us, and that's how we did it. It's amazing. The other show I have to talk to you about, because, and this is weird, I have to see how many adults come up to you on this one, The Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. Because that wasn't my yeah. show, but my dad. Oh, yeah, a lot of adults like that one. You know, adults like uh, Grim, Grim and Evil, or Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy, and they like uh, the Angry Beavers. That yeah. seems to be a big one for dads and moms and kids. Yeah. yeah. It's funny how we label cartoons as just one thing for kids, yeah. but really it's, it's for everything. Oh, no, I still watch cartoons. I am, um, like, my favorite, I, I watch Family Guy, I watch The Simpsons, I watch American Dad. I love, that, those are my favorite. My favorite is, um, my favorite all time uh, was an anime, which was uh, Speed Racer. Speed Racer will always be my favorite of all times. Oh my god, yeah. what a, it was such a wacky show. Yep, I loved I it. I love that. Um, that. I grew up on that one. Um, and But um, but like for adult animation, um, I love um, Beavis and Butthead. Still oh, yes. my favorite. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And now I talked with Debbie Derryberry yesterday and we talked about kind of the difference between recording in that sort of golden age of cartoons for our generation yeah. versus now and all the digital technology. Were you 
isolated at all for, for Zim more than you had been in the past, or was it a cast? It was always a cast record, always. Yeah. Jonan insisted on that, and he was right. I was in an isolated booth, though. So right, of course. we were all in the room, but I, well, we, everyone usually is in the room together, but I'm in an isolated booth because I yell mostly through yeah. the show. So we didn't want that bleeding into their mics at the time, so. How do you do that with uh, without hurting yourself? There's, um, there's tricks. Um, you learn to place your voice in the right place. Uh, you drink a lot of water. Yeah. Um, at the beginning, I was recording Zim and Billy and Mandy at the same time. Yeah. And at the same day. And Whoa. I couldn't do that. So we had to split them up so that I could recover from yeah. Zim. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, like you said, uh, you know. Billy is an easy one for me. Yeah, yeah. That's like in my range. Like anytime I can fall on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like pie. Yeah. Easy, because it's in my range, but uh, <laughs> but Zim was always crazy, so <laughs> love it. That brings back memories. That was it was a hard show for me to get into because it was so dark and so different. When I got into it, I really, really grew to love it. That that's that's more common than you realize. Um, a lot of kids that were young when it came out, their parents were like, "No, this isn't for you," and the kids were like, "I don't need my own son." Yeah, he wasn't really into it when he was really little, but when, as he became a teenager they discovered it and suddenly it's like wow I didn't realize this is really good yeah and it's interesting to see how that evolves and to see you to watch you with the fans yeah. in an environment like this it's just so cool Thank I'm asking you. everybody we talk to what does it mean to you to be able to be here and the uh, now visitor I think said it the best they see you they hear you all the mm -hmm. time now they want you to see them right well for me um, I like it because you you know you're in a you're in a dark booth all day long yeah. And you don't really know who you're reaching. You don't know where you're reaching. And, and Invader Zim in particular has reached across the globe. Mm -hmm. I've met people all over the world that you realize, wow, they really enjoy the show. And yeah. that meant something to them. So that means something to me. But you feel like somehow you're giving them something, something that makes them laugh, something that you know raises their spirit. So I feel like it's fun and you feel honored and flattered. That's really, really great. My last question for you, what is your advice to somebody that wants to find a career in that dark booth and go and do this for a living? Yeah, I think that most of us in the voiceover world will tell you the same thing, and that is start with improv classes, sketch comedy, acting classes, because I think it's a misnomer to call it voiceover because the first thing you think of is, well, what voice should I use? Yeah. But the voice is really the last thing we do with the show. The first thing we do is we break down our story like any other script. And then we, then we start adding character things. Then we add the voices. Then we add the, um, the different affectations. But if you can't, if you can't, you know, act, yeah. why, why start in voiceover? Because then all you have, have is like, I can do this voice and this voice and this voice and this voice, but can you act? You know? Yeah. Well, you said something interesting, Improv. I would think, I'm not sure, but with the way you did the character, was there any room for improv in the booth? In, in the Angry Beavers, there was a lot of improv. Yeah. In Billy and Mandy, there was a lot of improv. In Invader Zim, those stories were so funny and so tight, you didn't need yeah. to. But when we would ADR the show, we'd get it back. That's when we do some uh, improv. That's really, really yeah. good. Well, Richard, thank you so thank much. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you. And that wraps the Philadelphia Comic Con stuff that started in April. And we're closer to it having been a year since then. You know, we're closer to the next one now than we were when that one started. So that shows you how much content we had. And again, I just waited because I thought 
Invader Zim was supposed to drop in November. Uh, but here we are. It's November, and I think this is a cool one for this month. You can curl up and uh, stay warm and cozy with some of your favorite nostalgic voices. So I'm really happy that we did this, and everything happens for a reason. So thank you to Debbie and Richard for making the time. And uh, that's it for us today. Remember to follow us on Twitter and Facebook, at Talk for Two. Subscribe in iTunes and Stichter Radio. Search Talk for Two Matt Bailey. And visit our mothership, Talk for Two. Com. Signing off, I'm Matt Bailey, reminding everyone out there to keep talking for two. You can hear more show business interviews with the stars at talkfor2.com. <laughs>